0: The content in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. The information, opinions, and discussions in this podcast are for information purposes only. As each person's situation is different, please consult your healthcare professional with any medical questions. Welcome to the Healthy AF Podcast. I'm April Love, former beauty queen, model, and lawyer turned startup entrepreneur. This podcast explores living with hereditary angioedema or HAE, a condition which I myself have been diagnosed with. Each episode will share stories from myself and others and interviews with health professionals and thought leaders in the space. I want to help those living with this condition know they are not alone. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get healthy AF. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number one of the Healthy AF podcast. I'm super excited to launch my podcast, Healthy AF, a podcast that will explore what it's like living with hereditary angioedema, or HAE. It's a rare, chronic, and potentially life-threatening condition resulting in swelling in various body parts, both internally and externally. Being a sufferer of this condition myself, I wanted to raise awareness for this condition and educate myself and others on how best to live with it. For this episode, I am joined today by a very special guest and also my best friend for over 10 years, Sam, to help me tell my story. Sam, welcome to the show.
1: No, thank you so much for having me here. It's actually such a pleasure and an honor to join you and just spread the awareness of this. Um, yeah, so let's just jump into it and let's do it. Sure. Tell me, like, how was or when was your first attack?
0: Um, okay, so uni um and I remember being at dinner with some friends and um I think the host at the time the dinner host thought that I was allergic to whatever they'd cooked (laughs) um because my hand started swelling um and so we had a short and uh they ended up taking me to ER and because it's such a rare condition um, at the time the ER doctors and staff Um, thought that it might have been something else called cellulitis and I think that's to do with like the poisoning of the blood. Um, It has like similar presentation and then I just remember like after that um, it happened again and this time they took me to, they referred me to the Sydney Hand and Eye Hospital because my hand was swollen Mm -hmm. and I remember actually while I was in hospital because it is so rare, they ended up sending like five different doctors to come and like watch me, like look at me, like like I'm kind of, I don't know, like
1: Like a a (laughs) risk (laughs) Yeah, That's so crazy.
0: Yeah, I just,
1: I'm trying to think back on like when it all happened or at least when I was involved in your life and how this all went through. But I guess your first, I guess, reaction or attack, whatever you want to call it, um, was before I met you. But I definitely the first time um, that we kind of encountered it together i do remember taking you to the er and just sitting there for ages like just trying to you know work out and just trying to understand and just be by your side but uh how long would you say after that was like you know following attack yeah did it happen straight away or was there a few years in between
0: i think um actually i remember when we went to er i don't know if you'll remember this but i remember i think they Kind of medication. And at one point, I think I told you that I couldn't see anything. Do you remember that? Oh my God. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what have they given you? Have they made I, this
0: worse? <laughs> yes, I remember. Uh, going back to your question. Yes. Yeah, so, like, I was in uni for the first one. Then there was that one with you, and I was probably in uni then. But then, from what I can remember, was that like from about 2015, I was in the Philippines and it happened when I, I think, was in the plane or just about we were landing um, um, and my hand was getting swollen. Um, and so there was, at uh, 2015, that was pretty much when it would kind of happen more regularly.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there was a bit of a gap there and, um, yeah, just, I guess, wouldn't think twice, and especially if you are travelling on a, a flight, you know, sometimes yeah. your ha- your, your feet your hands they kind of swell so I'm sure that was like naturally right yeah exactly um yeah so and then so what kind of happened for you like you know officially diagnosed um what did you have to do to I guess get rid of it or make it go yeah. away yeah
0: so when I was in the Philippines um the doctors in the Philippines God bless them um they said uh put my hand in hot water um, with salt because <laughs> the salt draws out the liquid or the fluid in your hand. So at the time I was like, sure, I'll do it because <laughs> it gets quite painful, like, you know, yeah. I'm laughing about it now, but at the time, and you've seen what the attacks are like, They my hand, normal hand size can go from, like, what it is to, like, five times the size. Um, so I spent, like, half my holiday in the Philippines with my hand in a, like, in a bucket of, like, hot water and oh, salt. <laughs>
1: I feel yeah. like that's probably where they got that <laughs> advice from you know how sometimes they say you know you should sit in a bathtub with epsom sod and it's supposed yeah. to help draw out the, the excess fluids maybe that's where that kind of <laughs> originates from
0: <laughs> you know what probably but um I think it was just like normal table salt. that's all I had um and then like yeah like you know before like I was officially diagnosed and before we knew what kind of treatments were available you know I would do that <laughs> and then Um, you know people when they would go to er sometimes and because it's you know once again it's quite a rare condition like they would think that you know the usual way of treating swelling is like with an ice pack so they put ice on it but unfortunately it doesn't help at all um you know i've been told to elevate you know you know um and that also doesn't really help in fact i think sometimes when i elevate it brings the swelling like like further down yeah wow Yeah, and, um, you know, they've also once told me to take an antihistamine because they thought it was like a food allergy, but, Mm, yeah, none of those things really work.
1: It's so crazy to think, like, you know, just the basic steps that you would take for a a reaction of some sort um, and then all of these things had no effect. Um, Kind of talk me through what happened when you were officially diagnosed because that took a while before that officially
0: happened. So... I ended up finding this amazing doctor in Waterloo. So shout out to my doctor, Dr. Jimmy Chang. Um, and I kind of said to him, look, this has been happening. And these are all the different things that I've been trying. Um, actually I never told him about the hot water and the salt. Probably should tell him that next time I talk to him. (laughs) I think it would be a good story to share. Uh, but, uh, sending me to an immunologist, um, in St. Vincent's, um, Dr. Professor Samuel Bright. And, um that was when like I was kind of told like this is what you call a rare they say immune or autosomal like immune condition mm-hmm. um and I probably want to get clarification on that like maybe we'll talk to in another episode or talk to like a proper health immunologist but um yeah and so they hereditary angioedema which in my case is a bit um of like a, a false kind of a terminology because mine's not hereditary like so they also mm. tested my like it's my my brother like everyone in my family and yeah. it wasn't hereditary no one else had it except for me um but you know that's what it's called it's called hereditary angioedema um angio and edema is like you know skin i think and swelling don't quote me on that because i'm not (laughs)
1: sure we'll get someone (laughs) to definitely clear that up in your following episodes
0: yeah yeah (laughs) so that whenever i go to hospital i basically say to them look i have this c1 esterase um inhibitor deficiency and apparently i think that's what i'm deficient of what makes me swell oh wow I'm still, still 100%. Wow, that's a mouthful. Background. Yeah.
1: So. Just to learn that and just make it roll off your tongue, I think that's great because I'd probably forget anyways.
0: Well, I, for those that are listening, Sam um has a – she's been my best friend for a very long time. So she also has, like, a doc, a document which, like, outlines, you know, all of these things and where to go and, like, what to do, so –
1: just in case I Very need to jump in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, i not going to remember it off the top of my head, but this document is super helpful. I can just pull <laughs> it out and then I can pretend like I know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, now with, when you were diagnosed, tell me like, or share, I guess with everyone else, because I've seen it and I know what you go through, but what is a typical flare up and, you know, is it 24 hours? Like, can it be quite like a week long? Um, if you want to just share with everyone, because I think, you know, those that have never heard of this before uh, would be quite interested to hear like how this swelling sort of happens and I guess flares up and yeah.
0: Um, funnily enough, at the time of recording this podcast, I'm actually <laughs> swollen at the moment, um, oh. but typically um, over time, I've come to distinguish between like, like a hereditary angioedema swelling and any other type of swelling um and so it generally starts to maybe like feel I usually only usually only get it in my hands but lately it's kind of progressed elsewhere but it kind of starts to feel like a bit tingly in the area that it's going to start in and then um it starts to get quite tight and then I guess like over and it, it really depends and that's kind of the annoying because this doesn't follow a traditional trajectory every time. So like sometimes it could start swelling in one area and stay swollen, but then not progress anywhere for like 24 hours. Or on the other hand, it could start swelling in one area and in the space of like half hour, you know, it would have fully progressed, like not just in one finger, but my whole hand and up my arm. So it just kind of like depends, but usually, when I feel that tightness, I kind of know that, you know, something's about to happen and it typically like lasts, like maybe from the time that it starts to the time that it swells. And let's say I go to ER and they give me like an injection of like um, the treatment, then it'll still be swollen for maybe three days. I reckon like somewhere between one to four days is like the typical lifespan of like the swelling. So it's like, Um, yeah from when it starts to when it deflates I suppose.
1: You know thinking about like um, the you know the lifespan of whenever these kind of attacks happen if they do last like five days do you have to take time off work?
0: Yeah so it depends on how severe the swelling is that is the hard part about having this condition so like if I'm working and all of a sudden you know I've got to go to ER I've like you know, you're in ER, you could be in ER for like eight hours or something or overnight. Um, In the early days, I would take my laptop with me um, because if one hand is swollen, the other hand kind of still works, so I can still type and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also being in ER for eight hours, is kind of a little bit boring. So, you know, mind working. But then sometimes when your immune system is having a flare up, like you just feel so tired and so you can't work like you're just so exhausted generally I would probably have to take like you know one to one and a half days um off work but I'm really grateful that the place that I work for now like that my employers are just like super like understanding I think they've known me now for a long period of time since I've had this and we've kind of worked out how to manage it I think and I think that's that's really
1: good yeah absolutely for them to understand and just And for you as well, I guess now, you know, in your professional career, it's great to get an understanding of how it kind of pans out and you yourself know, like if you can Mm. work, um, depending how severe it is or if it's like, no, I definitely need to take time off because you're not going to be productive in any capacity. Do you have an understanding about like the, I guess, the triggers, you know, like do you know what actually causes these flare-ups actually happen
0: they all say and that's I guess is quite proven and you would know as well because you know you've been around my life for the last 10 years is that stress is obviously the major mm. trigger which is also a tricky one because like stress is so subjective and mm. how like you know like what's the threshold from when then it's like attacks like yeah, causing absolutely. stress. you know also they say direct trauma in my case because it's in my hand so you know, like that could be anything. I used to play, I used to go bowling, and whenever I would go bowling, I don't do it anymore, ever. Always 20, within 24 hours, my mm-hmm. hands would get swollen. I, I used to love going oh. to the golf um, course, like the drive in, drive thing, within like, you know, a couple hours of hitting a couple of the golf balls at the drive through. Drive, drive, keep calling it drive, drive, is it, what's it called? Drive, drive, driving range, driving range um that would it would always yeah it would always swell maybe I wasn't going to the driving major I was just probably going to a drive through.
1: <laughs> going through McDonald's drive-thru is that what you're really
0: doing <laughs> um but yeah so that would cause it and then like boxing is like another thing so I guess all those things having common like their stuff to do with like your hands right so hmm. um like having a tight grip you know on on the um on the golf club or like on like a tennis like racket um, and boxing is, like, direct contact, those things. And at the same time, um, I was just telling you yesterday, I cut um, my partner's hair and, like, the the pressure from the scissors, also probably because I'm not a professional hairdresser. Um, <laughs> like, you know, we're in the time of lockdown, so, like, you know, giving, like, lockdown haircuts and then, like, you know, all of a sudden my hand is swollen. So, yeah, it's kind of like any kind of, I guess, trauma or pressure or something actually one time I was playing playstation playing street fighter um and like oh I was God. super into it I was super into it and then like Pierre was like you know let's work out what the triggers are and the only thing I did because it started it my thumb the only thing that I did was like I am playing playstation like really like <laughs> rigorously I
1: love that I mean it, it's not great but it's great to explore you know your triggers be straight like you know personal you know what's happening and I think to me I was like oh your body's going to fight or flight like that's what's happening um but it sounds like even just with these traumas or exercises it's a similar you know pattern obviously um so I guess that would be quite scary as well because you could be doing a new activity and you yeah. won't know how your body's going to react, and then it's like, oh no, nope, swelling! Gotta stop, guys. It
0: can be quite limiting at times. It's quite frustrating because it really depends. Like, um, I think if, like, this is what I think. I'm not sure, but when your immune system is in like somewhat good place, mm. no, nothing, nothing really happens because like I was able to like go to the gym hardcore and like you know like when I see I was Able to like squat like sixty kilos and like like um do weights with like twelve kilo weights, which is quite a substantial amount.
1: Yeah, definitely for your um, size. Uh, for those yeah. that don't know, April she's so um, <laughs> yeah, take <yeah. laughs> quite a lot of weight actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so and nothing would happen. But then you know mm. I was telling you that yesterday I lifted a two and a half kilo weight and my arm is swollen. So I just I think it just depends on where your resistance are at, at a particular point in time. Wow. Like all these
1: different factors to consider just to, you know, just do a recreational activity or to just enjoy yourself or go out with some friends. Yeah, I'm so glad that, you know, you're sharing this awareness now what do you do for treatments like do you just leave it as is like do you actually have medication
0: when I go to hospital and I can only go to St Vincent's um Darlinghurst I believe because like they a have like my history that you know they've seen me so many times I'm going to the hospital as the girl with the swollen hands um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah in terms of treatment um, I get uh, an injection called baronet. And so, you know, I've been reading up about it lately. Funnily enough, I've been diagnosed with 2017, but I think I just refuse to kind of look into it. But as it's been happening more lately, I kind of want to actually understand it and want to know more about it. And so, yeah, I take baronet. And then recently the hospital um, said that you can do at-home injections, um, when you have an attack because like let's say you know it goes or something like you can't wait in er for that you might want to like course, give yeah. yourself a injection and then go to er because at least you're mm. doing something in between that time yeah. um so i have that as well like an emergency one um on standby i actually have never had the courage to inject myself so my poor partner has many occasions um stood there so calm and so amazing while i'm hysterically crying <laughs> no he's been really good Like honestly I just I don't know if I could inject myself with this injection like I mean I'm sure like if and it hats came off down to those to it, that could
1: yeah I'm sure that you could when it came down to it if you were you know by yourself and you knew that mm. someone wasn't around you know for a, an hour or something and like you yeah. said if it is in a place that um could cause more issues in your mind you're yeah. like I you have to like there's no
0: yeah, of course. It's kind of
1: like a an epipen, right? You just yeah. want to administer something to assist it, and then go straight to the ER. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm really thankful that they have um those two available, um, and like yeah, the hospital has just always been really great. Like every time I come, I think because I've I've been there so often, um, mm. yeah, they kind of know what to do. It's actually a really smooth process. So it's been That's really fantastic. Good. Can you go
1: anywhere to pick those up or is that direct from the hospital or specific uh, locations?
0: I, I think it's like you have to get a prescription from the hospital um, mm-hmm. and then you go to the pharmacist. And I think they have to order it in because it's like a rare kind of medication it's not something they always have.
1: Okay. Um, so it's so, like you place an order ahead of time.
0: Yes. Yeah so even when you're not swelling you should probably place when you're not swelling you should probably place the order pick it up and take it home so that when you do you have that ready it's ready
1: available yeah yeah I'm I'm glad there's like options for you now that you can have at home um yeah because you just never know if there's anything that'll pop up and you just need that assistance and like you said sometimes the ER you know, they're, they're not always um, as quick as we'd like it to be. Um, obviously, yeah. there's a, all sorts of people that come through um, with different um, medical, um, I guess, conditions that need to be looked at. So, of course,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, having this um, at-home kit is definitely helpful. I mean, yeah, really especially good.
0: also if um, this wasn't an and especially if like, you know, when travel opens up and we travel, whether that's internationally or locally, like just somewhere Away from like, St. Vincent's Hospital, um, you know, to, like maybe take one with me. Of I course, yeah. Like, you know, idea. Absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, on that, better point, than
0: um, and in hot water.
1: Oh my God, yeah, definitely don't do that. <laughs> Any yeah. other like I guess accommodations that you had to do in your life? Like, I'm just thinking exactly that point, like travel, like how, how does that affect you? And what else have you done to um, make this easier for yourself?
0: Yeah, so, like, when things started happening um, quite more, like, the attacks became more frequent in 2017, um, I made the decision. I think I, you know, it wasn't clinically proven or anything, but I just made the decision to eliminate kind of all inflammatory foods from my diet. Um, So I I went strict vegan um, Mm -hmm. for some time. Um, And then, you know, I think, like, in the last maybe year and a half, I – then regressed from strict vegan to like vegetarian because like parmesan cheese had to come back in (laughs) and when when you're with an Italian like it's kind of hard to not be able to have parmesan cheese but actually like I would probably say now my lifestyle is probably 90% vegan um Mm. and that 10% probably allows for like cheese here and there but generally like on like I would say yeah, maybe more than 90%, like 95% of my diet is is completely vegan. Um yeah. and then I guess with fitness as well, I had to like adjust to that. So like, you know, I haven't been able to go back to like pole. Like I can't, you know, um, go do boxing, which 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 I which I used to enjoy. Um and I am cautious when it comes to like doing weights, um, just because I never know what will trigger. So mm. generally I know that um I have to start quite like really low and then see how we go. And of course, then yeah. Build it up and see how we go and then kind of like it's you know. Yeah, kind of like I a mean I guess process. everyone has
1: to do it, but yours is like a next level because you're gonna have okay, I'm just gonna test this weight and then let's just see what happens after 24 hours and then okay, <laughs> it's all good. I'll go back and try a little bit more. Um yeah. No, I mean, it's great at least you, you've you got a system in place where you can, you know, try to understand how it works for your body. So, you know, top my uh, tip my hat to you for at least yeah. trying to make that work because, yeah, I think, you know, exercise I think is important and I think it's something mm. that we've discussed previously. If it is, you know, linked a lot to stress, obviously fitness helps um, reduce, yeah, that. reduce that. Yeah, so, yeah, you want to make sure, you know, those endorphins get released and a yeah. little bit of exercise definitely helps. Um, and have you recently, or like, I guess not recently because um, Australia or at least Sydney has been in lockdown for a while, but prior to um, our lockdowns, how did you manage travel? Because I, like, as you said, have you had any issues when you traveled? I mean, I know you spoke about the Philippines when it kind of triggered a while back, but have you had anything else pop up or planned trips
0: no like thankfully um nothing has actually popped up at all since that time um I read somewhere that like the change in like altitudes or really high altitudes like naturally can cause swelling so then that's all uh, because it's already naturally something that can cause swelling extra layer that's like triggering you yeah wow um so I haven't actually flown anywhere um for some time um and it is always my GP and I kind of discuss like if I have planned travel whether that's like just interstate or regionally um we kind of make that you know um a hospital or something that wherever I'm staying is kind of like on aware or, or something mm-hmm. um it does actually sometimes I guess give me a little bit of anxiety of like oh if I travel really far to like a remote place and you know what, what am I going to do? Um, but now having the injection that you can take with you, I think that's going to be a bit of a game changer. I think.
1: It definitely sounds like it, but yeah. Interesting to know, like, I mean, I used to be a flight attendant and just flying around, it of was like, whatever, you know, um, but you know, I didn't even really consider how that would affect you. And obviously, as you say, like, yeah, people would get normal swelling when they would fly and, you know not even really thinking like actually that might be a trigger for you and Mm. you know wreck your whole trip um so it's just interesting to hear that side of the story Yeah.
0: yeah
1: I guess you have to just be prepared and just uh contact people and just make sure now that you've got the injection available bring it with you at all times
0: yeah for sure absolutely
1: thanks for sharing all of this so you know now that we're talking here and you know people are listening what actually led you to create this podcast
0: Yeah, so um, I guess like I've been dealing with this for quite some time, so since my 20s and (laughs) for the most part I kind of had my head in the sand and didn't really want to uh, confront it. Um, (laughs) But then uh, recently I found a Facebook page um, of people that, you know, suffer from this condition. And the common thing I saw while I was going through the page was that there just wasn't enough awareness around Mm. it and, in fact, when I posted this and said that I was going to do this podcast, like I had so many people message me saying, like, I've never even heard of it before. Um, wow. Which even, yeah, which was kind of testament to the fact that even more reason why you should do, I should be doing this, you know. Absolutely, um, yeah. For a long time I think I was embarrassed or I don't, I don't know what the right word is. It's probably not embarrassed is the right word, but I just didn't want to tell anyone about it. But, you know, on a public kind of forum because um, I was like, there's something wrong with me. Um, but yeah, like, I just think that, you know, I've come to terms with, this is something I'm going to have to deal with. And in time, rather than, you know, sit here and feel like, oh, why me? Why me? Why not turn this into a positive experience? And, you know, whatever I'm learning along the way, maybe share that with people that, you know, it or, um people are experiencing symptoms and they're getting misdiagnosed because it's so rare that maybe they can be like, Oh, maybe I should think about this and talk to someone about this. Um, mm, if this yeah. is happening to me. Um, and I think it'd be just really great to be able to talk to maybe some like healthcare professionals that specialize in this um, in Australia and abroad. And like, you know, in Facebook group, there are people from all over the world. Um, and we well there's like 168 people in this group (laughs) it's not many people but probably because they don't know that the group exists or that they just didn't know where to go for help because I'm sure there's obviously more people than that yeah Um, absolutely but I think advocacy for something like this which is so personal um that should happen and you know if I can help in any way and also probably it'll be helpful for my friends and my family um you know like, just to know more about it because I think none of us have really looked into it because I wasn't looking into it, you know. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I think it's great, like, you know, essentially since I've met you, you've been kind of battling with this and, you said, I guess, turned turn away from it because you weren't you didn't really want to accept what was going on. But also it was, like, not really clear at the time. You know, you would go into the you know the hospitals or go see doctors and it was just like time and time again it was just like what try- like it was um so that can also be um off-putting not- you turn to these professionals like these doctors to try to give keep- advice but then you know they're, they're taking a stab in the dark and it's so hard and you just almost wanting to- so um I'm glad that you finally what it is and um, I think it's great that you're doing this. I really think uh, awareness for it is fantastic, and just having community because I think for the longest time, even just as a friend sitting on the sidelines, it's hard to kind of like know what to do. And I think you know, sometimes I'd sit with you, and it's like it's just us against yeah. the world. But you know, it's it's nice to know that there are others that share this condition and now you guys can talk about it so I think it's fantastic yeah, that you're yeah super helpful with. yeah
0: thank you of course well, I'm yeah. excited to see where this goes <laughs> me too <laughs> but um yeah no I I'm I'm excited too and I think that it'll just be helpful um for me personally and like for everyone else and so Um, I wanted to thank you um for being not only my best friend but you know joining me on this first episode of the podcast and hopefully you know um you'll come back when we talk about other things um you know like probably I want to do an episode where like what it's like for you know your partner and your friends like not just from my perspective but from the other side Mm -hmm. um so yeah Sam thank you joining me thank you for co-hosting episode number one of the af podcast and uh we well, hope you guys enjoyed it
1: thank you for having me and yeah good luck with uh, the rest of the episodes and yeah invite me back anytime happy to help out wherever i can and just continue to spread the awareness on this mm-hmm.
0: Well, thanks guys for joining me on this episode of Healthy AF. I hope you enjoyed our first episode and learned more about HAE. Please don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Google. Until next time, stay healthy AF.